Shut up and sit down. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for episode number two of the Flying P podcast and HW Prospect show. Hope you all enjoyed our first show with Dan and Manny as we covered flyer prospects already in the system. Tonight, I'm joined by two different co-hosts and two great guys and Alex Appleyard, uh, who does great work for The Athletic. Alex, how's it going, man? Um, yeah, well, apart from being locked at home for 23 hours a day, but... <laughs> man, uh, and Brandon Holmes who also puts a ton of great content out for uh, Dauber Prospects and Draft Geek Hockey. Uh, Brandon, how's it going, dude? I think we last talked in, in August. Yeah, I've been pretty, doing pretty good since then. Uh, just trying to keep busy during all of this, so plenty of time for prospect coverage for sure. Yeah, so I, hopefully we can keep things a little bit normal for the listeners out there who want to get some uh, some hockey talk in. Uh, you figure there's no hockey being played now, so I mean, what what better time to talk prospects, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, but no better time for it. Yeah, so let's dive right in, guys. Uh, we have a ton of potential NHL-caliber prospects, a couple you know, high picks, and then the guys are going to uh, reveal some of their sleepers later on in the episode. Uh, so let's let's get started. Uh, Alex, who do you have on your uh, first on your list tonight that you want to get to? I mean, the guy that, in terms of the Flyers, obviously the Flyers are going to pick late round, no, really matter, no matter what happens from now on, if we play more hockey. We don't, um, but I would say like right now they're sitting with the 26th pick uh, and someone who I think is possible in that position and probably has the highest upside is a, a Swede by the name of Zion Nybeck. Uh, he's undersized, uh, five foot eight and probably around 175 pounds. Uh, but outside of the top guys in the draft, I think he has probably the most talent. I think that's what the Flyers should really be going for. Someone with a high upside. They have lots of depth in the system already. But in terms of the prospects, once you get past guys like kind of Frost in the AHL, there aren't that many guys with legitimate first-line potential, maybe Brink as well. So I think Nybeck really fits that bill. And he's kind of flown under the radar a bit. This Swedish draft class is really talented, especially at the top end with Raymond Holtz and Gunler, who are all potential top 10 picks. I mean, two out of three will definitely go top 10. And Nybeck has also been kind of not just overshadowed by them, but by the fact that because he is a small, uh, physically underdeveloped forward, he hasn't really had a chance to play professional hockey that much yet. So he played 15 games in the Swedish Hockey League this year, but he only scored one goal, um, was really used in a very limited role as a 12th, 13th forward. Uh, but when you actually watch him play, it, it, it's really a pleasure. He's played exceptionally well for the Swedish junior team. And in the Swedish uh, Super Elite, they're kind of equivalent of the CHL. He's got the highest, well, most points in the league's history this year. He put up 66 points in um, 47 games, which is just exceptional. And when you actually look at his skill set as well, Apart from being five foot eight, he has everything, in my opinion. Uh, if he was six foot tall, I think he'd be a guy who'd go on the edge of the top 10 in this draft. He has a really high work ethic. He's a fantastic four-checker, kind of similar to Nicholas Arbaker-Bell from the Flyers in that regard. Goes mm. in hard, grinds on the walls, really just a guy who works exceptionally hard at all ends of the rink. He kind of reminds me to a degree offensively of Danny Briere. He's good in close. He's got a really nice shot. He's shifty, speedy, um, but while he might not have kind of the top end talent that obviously Brio was a, one of the a superstar in the NHL for a while, he might not ever get to close to that level. 
Uh, but his kind of playing style is a bit like that. And also a bit Victor Arvidsson-esque from Nashville as well. Not quite the speed that Arvidsson has, uh, but definitely kind of that level of skill. Um, and he's also a fantastic penalty killer. Really dangerous on the penalty kill when he actually plays there. Um, and he sees the defensive game well as well. He works hard in the defense. And with his nice release and great hands, he just makes guys look really silly at times. He can go past players, side through them, make plays for his teammates as well. Um, he's a great player. And I think if he's there when the Flyers pick at, say, 25, 26 or so, it's really hard to pass on him. Um, because, yeah, while he might have his flaws, he's small and really needs to develop physically. Uh, he probably needs to get a bit faster as well. I don't think there are many players sat in this, that part of the draft who have that high an upside. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned Albe Kubel because I'm looking at this guy. He's five foot eight, 176 pounds, and the first thing that comes to my mind is, man, this kid's going to be like a bowling ball, like he like small, compact, like 178 pounds. I'm thinking this this kid's going to be five eight, five eleven. You know, uh, like a lot of the a lot of the kids that I see in the draft, they usually weigh between 150, 165, and they're like five ten, five eleven. This kid's like a little bowling ball, and I think the knack comparison. I'm spot on because that's how I would uh, that's how I would describe Albert Kubel's game. He's like a bowling ball out there. He never stops working hard. So I, I thought that was cool. Uh, Brandon, let's touch on the first guy on your list here, Hendrix Lapierre. Yeah. So the thing that I always see when I watch Lapierre is he's such an excellent playmaking center. Um, he can play both the wing and center, but I think he's best used there because his vision is just top notch. Um, for a lot of this year, he has been injured. He hasn't really been able to build his stock, but, uh, at the start of the season, he was someone that people had pegged as a top 15 ish guy. And, um, if the flyers are picking around 25 or 26, people to have that sort of talent would be just an excellent grab in my opinion to kind of fill out their forward depth. Uh, he's an incredibly skilled puck handler, uh, maybe lacks a little bit in terms of the skating ability. Um, but the way he's able to slow down the game for himself, beat defenders and make holes with his hands, especially his vision. Um, he can deliver the puck into such tight pockets on the ice where um, he really doesn't need a lot of space to make an impact for both himself and his line mates. Um, he has the passing ability. The shot release is excellent. That's my favorite part of his shot. Maybe not so much the power that he has behind it, but the way he's able to get the puck off the stick in such a quick amount of time and be able to pick corners against goaltenders in tight is what really wows me about his game. Uh Maybe not the same sort of upside as him, but in terms of the way he's able to uh, use his stick handling and his vision, he's a little bit Giroux-esque in my opinion. Uh, wow. You may not see him burn past players the way Claude kind of really beat players physically, the way Claude has been able to develop throughout his career, but in terms of how he can utilize his puck skills in that vision, uh, it's something that's always stood out to me for LaPierre. Um, he's got the superstar name in Hendricks, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> can't go wrong with that. No. Uh, I'm looking at his some stats here. Two goals, 15 assists, 17 points, and just 19 games played. Did he, did he get hurt this year? Yeah, he got hurt. Uh, yeah, around like the maybe a third of the way through the season. Um, but if you're able to watch him at the the Linka Gretzky tournament over the summer, uh, he really put on a show there, playing on a line with Cole Perfetti. Um, oh, okay. I think. I, mean, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I believe he tied for the tournament lead in points playing along Perfetti because he was able to just feed a excellent goal scorer in Perfetti and open up those pockets on the edge for Perfetti to really shine. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at stats here. I mean, the year before, it looked like he had a very solid season in Chikutami. That's how you say that? Yep. Chikutami? Okay. 
13 goals, 32 assists, and 48 games played. And looked like he was on pace to have something similar this year uh, before injury. Uh, so you, you think he's a, a kind of a middle-round middle round guy? I mean, I'm sorry, middle-first-round middle, middle uh, first round pick guy? Yeah, I see him in more of like the, the mid-to-late first-round kind of area right now. Um, for me, he has just about everything except for that skating ability. I don't find he has that breakaway speed that some of the other players I have ahead of him do. But um, that might not be so much of an issue the way he's able to utilize his, his offensive smarts and uh, his puck skills really slow down the game and kind of bring it down to his pace where he can beat defenders by surveying the ice, putting the puck in those tight pockets when he gets a chance to open up some ice. Is is Maxim LaPierre his father? Do, do not believe so. Okay. Uh, yeah. I Because my next question was going to be, does he have the, any of the same grip? But if they're not related then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so cool. I mean, he, he's a guy where the fly, he might not be available when the flyers pick in the first round. Yeah. I mean, I know there's some people that are very high on him. Um, I know if you've, if you looked at any of Craig Button's rankings, Button has him as a top 10 guy. Um, he's someone that you see some variance with. There's some people that, um, really aren't too high on him, see him as more of a second round guy, but he's always been firmly a first round guy for me. So if the flyers are able to nab him at 26, you can get that kind of, uh, excellent playmaking center that maybe the flyers are missing in their line, lineup outside of maybe Morgan Frost. I mean, if you say he's, if you, if you say he's a top guy then I believe he's a top guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so next on our list here and Alex will, will transition over to you. You have, uh, John Jason Paterka. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this kid. We've been watching him for quite a few years, actually. He was kind of one of those guys to, uh, heard chatter about him when he was 16 years old. So tried to catch one or two games, a bit of highlights here and there. Asked people I knew um, in Austria at the time to kind of keep an eye on him for me as well because he was playing in Salzburg. Um, he's part of the Red Bull family. So he's grown up under the tutelage of kind of the Red Bull program. They have a ridiculous academy um, over in Salzburg that quite frankly puts probably half of NHL facilities to shame um, where all the professional footballers train all the young hockey players. And he's really the first guy to come from this background, from this program, and then be like a top prospect. And when you watch him play, it's the word that I sometimes would use to describe him is kind of mercurial. Hmm. He's a player who just does amazing things and can produce something out of nothing and has a skill set that kind of you look at it and you go, wow, this guy, he's a guy with a top 15 skill set. There's no doubt about that. I don't think he's only 5'11", but he's got a big frame on that 5'11 body. Uh, he's over 190 pounds already at 17 oh, yeah. years old. Um, he's, he's a man already. The first few times I watched him, he actually really reminded me of uh, one of my favorite players in the NHL to watch in uh, Timo Meyer, um, Swiss winger wow. from San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's fast, he's skilled, uh, physically well developed. He can really shoot and just likes getting to the danger zone. He'll be in around the net, he'll be getting loose pucks, he'll be trying to get his shot off. Um, his biggest strength i think is his skating and just his confidence he's the kind of guy who will take on anyone try and dangle them go around them a real highlight real player uh, i spoke to him when i was at the world juniors and um you know he said he kind of modeled his game growing up on patrick kane he just wow. loved what patrick kane brought and that electricity up the wing um and I, he's not he's not patrick kane very very few players are but he he's exciting to watch and He's got the skill set where you think if he develops a bit more, he could easily be a 70-point forward, I think. I mean, it's not likely, but he definitely has the skill set to do that. He's really raw um, still. He's inconsistent with his play. 
but he just has moments every game where you're just like, wow. And watching him at the World Juniors as well, he really stood out. Four goals, six points in seven age, in seven games as a 17-year-old. I mean, he's on yeah. a good Germany team alongside Reichel and Stutzel and yeah, um, Moritz Seider as well was on the blue line for them. So it's a very good German team, one of the best German teams they've had in years. But Paterka was a guy who, against some of the best under 20-year-olds in the world, as a 17-year-old, just really flashed and made you think, wow, what could this guy be? He's played professional hockey all year um, in the uh, DEL, top German league, a damn good hockey league. And he's only put up 11 points and seven goals. But when you actually look at that in context, that's the sixth highest scoring season all time for a player his age. And wow. the guys ahead of him, Stutzel and Reichel, who are first round picks in this draft in my opinion as well uh Stutzel will go top five and then Marcel Gock, Sturm and Hecht who are three of the best German NHL players ever so you know he's he's got great pedigree um although when I was speaking to him he told me that even though his family are Czech he'd he's the first person in in, in his family ever to play hockey uh but yeah he's he's got real star quality to him and uh really well spoken down to earth pretty funny kid as well Huh, I'm really intrigued by that. Uh, you know what I saw on uh, TV? I think there was a documentary or a quick documentary about Dry Seidel on NHL Network. And, and Germany's just, they're going to start spitting out stars like like now, right? Like we're seeing it already with uh, Paterka. We're seeing it with uh, Strutzel and Reichel. I mean, that's that's three three first round guys right there from Germany. Like, like. Speaking to what you were talking about with the Red Bull facility, are we going to be seeing that more and more each year with German players? I think you will. And I think in the next 10 years, you'll start to see more first rounders coming out of the Red Bull Academy. They just have fantastic facilities and a lot of money. You know, they board in there all year. Great facilities. They can see infinite ice all day. They've got access to the sports lab, a top gym there as well. Trainers, nutritionists, conditioners. Um, so I think, yeah, he's, He's the first in a wave of many. And they're also they're recruiting from around Europe. Their heartland is Austria, Switzerland, and Germany, southern Germany especially. But they also bring in Czech players, you know, some guys from Scandinavia as well. Uh, I'm wondering, and, you know, maybe I'm putting you on the spot, but since you're out there, is, is Germany the second – I'm sorry, is hockey the second sport in Germany now? Um, I would probably say football, handball. Oh, handball. A bigger for sure. So maybe it's number three. Basketball is also very big. That's right. Um, but it's it's definitely starting to in I think it's in specific towns in Germany. Hockey's massive. You okay. know, um in Munich they have a big team and it's it's really big there. Um and also if you go to Berlin, maybe there's a lot of casual fans. Yeah. But they have a beautiful thirteen thousand seat arena that has one of the best atmospheres in Europe. It's a it's a good place to play hockey if you're playing for the right team there. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I they're going to start spitting out uh, great players. I mean, we're already seeing it this year, as we mentioned. Um, so let's move on. We have on Brandon's list here, we have Dawson Mercer. Yeah, so Dawson Mercer, that's someone might not be there when the Flyers pick because he's someone that since the start of the year, he's really grown that draft pedigree. Um, maybe start of the year, people saw him maybe as like a late first, early second kind of guy. And then the season started and he just started really taking his offensive game to another level. Um, he finished the year with 60 points in about 42 games, and uh, middle, the midpoint of the year, he was able to make Canada's World Junior team and play a role for that team. And the thing that stands the most out for me for Mercer is um, just how projectable his game is to the NHL, because he really has every single tool that you could ask for. He's a quick skater with a really explosive acceler- acceleration, can really shoot the puck, 
And he's so versatile in the way where you, you can utilize him in your lineup. He can play down your lineup in like a, a third line role and be able to kill penalties for you, play in that role, uh, kind of, you know, that depth role for you. Or if you want him to step up and produce like he has this year for both Drummondville and Shakutami in the QMJHL, he has that offensive oomph behind his game. Um, really competitive kid, really mature kid. Um, takes a lot on himself to uh, take on a strong role on a team and be able to produce really any way you ask of him. Um, and in that way, I think he's a very coachable kid that we're, when he gets to an NHL club, they're going to be able to kind of mold him into whatever they want moving forward into the future. I mean, that's, that's always, I think, desirable with uh, with a younger player, right? Uh, he's a right winger, six foot already, man, 179 pounds, uh, right-handed shot. Uh, you think that he, he won't be there as well by the time the Flyers pick. I mean, assuming the fly, I mean, they are, they are going to pick in the, the later later uh, round of the first round, or, or in each round, I guess. So he probably won't be there. I uh, I, I imagine there's going to be a team that will probably jump up and grab him in, in the teens. I have him in the late teens right now. But um, at the same time, uh, in this draft, I foresee a lot of teams jumping up and grabbing defensemen since there are so few in this draft where – Maybe a forward like Dawson Mercer could drop a little bit into like the early to mid 20s where the Flyers would be in prime position to get a kid like that where maybe they can grab him lower than he should be. Hey, they got the ammunition. They have a lot of, uh, I mean, they have all their picks and they have a, a, a pipeline that's seemingly overflowing with, you know, guys they can possibly trade up with. So who knows? But Dawson Mercer. <laughs> and, and guys, I'm sorry if, if, you can comment on each other's players. I didn't. I didn't want to make it seem like you know you got to say this, you got to say that. So feel free. <laughs> yeah, feel free to um, comment on. Funnily enough, Dawson Mercer is a guy who I really like. Um, he just has a really good all-round game. He can play center as well. I think he's he's going to be a right winger at the next level, but he has played center um, in the QMJHL, and he's he's just really well-rounded player. Like the kind of guy who you like. Well, if you draft him at 25 overall. You know you're getting a third-line NHL or at worst out of him. He He's not going to be less than kind of a good two-way 30-point forward who can penalty kill and will do everything for his team. Uh, when I spoke to him in, in at the World Juniors, he said he really models his game on Patrice Bergeron. And you can kind of see it with the commitment he puts to his defense. I don't think he's ever going to be that level of player. Um, I think he could be a first-liner at his absolute upside. Um, just a good way to first-liner with kind of, you know, 60 points or so and Good offensive impact, good defensive impact, penalty kills for you. Yeah, he's a he's a nice player, and if he was there at 25, you kind of have to consider him. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the main things that teams are gonna really gravitate towards with him. And if you, you know, if you're picking in the early 20s or so, and he's still there, um, like like Alex said, like at worst, you're getting the third line player out of that kid. I think just because he already has that mature two way game with a base to build on top of with the acceleration and the speed and that shot that he has. As we saw with the Flyers this year, third third line guys are essential to uh, you know a successful hockey team. So I, I think if you know they drafted a guy and he turned out to be a, th- a third line guy, hey, that's that's perfectly fine. Like look at Scott Lawton for example. I'm not comparing the two, but uh, he's a perfectly acceptable third line player, Scott Lawton. So Dawson Mercer. Um, let's move on here. We have another German player, Lucas Lukas or Lucas. Lukash, Lucas Reichel. Uh, well, this guy, he's a guy who came, he didn't come out of nowhere, um, but he wasn't thought of in the same kind of tier as um, Paterka was coming into the year, or even kind of Stutzel. 
they were really the stars on the German youth team. And Reichel was a good complimentary piece who people thought would for sure get drafted. But I think people thought he might be a mid-rounder. Uh, but this year, he obviously came into camp and was just special for Ice Baron Berlin. He made the team out of camp into the DEL when he was kind of going to be playing in juniors. Um, and just a shot at the rankings. So he's kind of a late bloomer. Um, and he's from a hockey family. You look at the names that he, in his family and you're just like, well, every single person in this whole family plays hockey. The worst player in his family is his big brother, Thomas, who already plays professional hockey in the DEL and probably will carve out a good career for himself as a kind of third, fourth line center in the German league. Um, his dad, uh, ex-Olympian uh, Martin, who also was a second round pick for the Oilers. He never made the NHL, but played in the Olympics for Germany. And then his uncle, Robert Reichel, kind of needs no introduction. The yeah. guy was a star in the 90s, one of Calgary Flames' best players. I think he had a 93-point season and an 88-point season, 600 career points in 800 career games, and a guy who stuck around until you kind of the lockout. And then his cousin Christian as well, um, who's Czech, like um, his uncle Robert, uh, is a Jets prospect right now in the AHL with Manitoba Moose, and will probably be an NHLer as well. So, you know, Lucas just has hockey in his blood and has yeah. grown up around professional players who know how to play the game, know how to interpret the game, have good hockey IQ, and talk a lot about the sport. And you can really see that when he plays the games. He he has a professional-style game already. Um, yeah, he's got great vision. He's got great playmaking. And he skates well. But he he just does everything kind of well. You know, he defends pretty well. Um, he likes going to danger areas and getting in the mix and getting loose pucks and being around the net, even though he's kind of physically underdeveloped. He's six foot. But he's a really slight guy right now. And I think it's probably going to take two or three years for him to get up to kind of probably the 200-pound man that he will end up being. Um, but obviously Stutzel is the star of this draft for Germany. But Reichel, what he's done for Ice Baron Berlin on a th in a third-line role um, in the German league has been fantastic, you know. 42 games played, 12 goals, 24 points. He, he's playing in a very good professional league. And the only people who've ever scored more than him at his same age uh, Marcel Gotch and uh, Stutzel. So, you know, in most of the drafts that you'd be talking about, this guy is probably a top 25, top 20 pick nailed in. But I think the top end of this draft kind of pushes him down slightly. Um, he's more of a playmaker than a scorer, even though he's scored a lot of goals actually this year um, in the German league. And he feels a safe pick. He's kind of, you know, Paterka is a bit more mercurial and you're like, you don't really know what you're going to get from him. Whereas with Reichel, He's the kind of guy you look at and you go, well, it would be a surprise if he wasn't a good third liner. Um, he doesn't kind of have exceptional hands like Stutzel or Paterka. He can dangle and he plays well at the wing, but he's not kind of got that side kind of upside. He was impressive in the World Juniors, three goals, five points in the six games he played. Um, and yeah, I think he's the kind of guy who probably go in the 25 to 40 range. But if you take him at 25, you know you're going to get probably a good NHLer. He has the potential to be kind of a good 50-plus point second-line winger. So he's got a, a high floor then, basically. He's a, a safe pick. You don't have to, you know, you know what you're getting. Yeah, I think he's going he's, he's gonna to develop into a pretty good player. He'll play in the NHL, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Brandon, any comments there? Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, like Alex touched on, the thing that stands out the most is that hockey IQ. He's uh, just the way he thinks the game. Um, he already has like you said, kind of that high floor where he's not really caught off guard by anything that happens on the ice, thinks the game really well, all situations player. Um, and uh, where I think you're really going to see him stand out is just 
um, playing that two-way game, be able to chip in with some of that playmaking ability because the way he thinks the game on the ice is honestly the thing that has stood out the most between his performance in the DEL this year and the World Juniors for Germany. Okay, that's going to do it for Lucas Reichel. Let's move on to a guy who I think might have one of the better names in the draft. I mean, it's tough to top Hendricks LaPierre, but Seth Jarvis is next on your list here. Yeah, Seth Jarvis is all kinds of fun. I love <laughs> Seth Jarvis, but um, he's a he's someone where uh, early on in the year I saw him play uh, for Canada at uh, Linka Gretzky, and uh, he played more of like a third line depth role in that team. And uh, you know, watching this kid play, I'm like, all right, he he can skate a little bit. He's got that good two way ability, sees the ice well, like maybe a second or third line type. Um, through the first half of the season for Portland, you know, he, he was solid the first 27 games. He had 13 goals, 31 points, you know, again, thinking maybe second, third round for this kid. And then halfway through the year, something just, he just flipped a switch. And in his final 29 game, uh, games of the season, he put up 60 points. That's insane. Just boarded an absolute rocket ship in this draft. And, um, he's a bit undersized around five, nine, 165, 170 or so, but the thing that stands out the most with his offensive game is how shifty he is. He's a really agile skater and uh, so slippery for defensemen to really get a handle on. He can cut cut into quick patches of ice on the ice, um, really good puck skills, and can really finagle and dangle on guys. And uh, for such a small guy, he can get a lot of power behind his shot as well. I've seen him set up on the left half board to the power play for Portland and just wire pucks over the shoulders of goaltenders. And um, you can see halfway through halfway through this year, he really found that confidence and just that that knowledge that he's a high end skill player that can make a massive offensive impact on a game. Where, like I said, when I saw him at the link, he still has that base of being an excellent all situations player. He's got that two way game, and. Uh, He's the kind of guy where if you draft him, I think you're going to have that floor where he has that good hockey sense in that two-way game, but he's shown that he has that explosive edge to his game where he can really become a top-end impact player on a hockey club if he's given the opportunity to do so. I'll tell you what. When you mentioned that he – because I'm looking at his stats right here. When you mentioned that he only had 30-some points in 29 games, I'm like, holy hell. Like, what kind of second half did this kid have? He finished with uh, 42 goals, 56 points – uh, I'm sorry, 56 assists, 98 points in only 58 games. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, he was on a, a crazy run where it seemed like every single night, like, you check the box score, he had, like, three points, four that's points, insane. two points, five points. And it was, like, like I think there was a stretch over three weeks where he, I think he had three hat tricks. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, he just, he, he he found this confidence and this, just this, that's what I was going to ask realize you. He's, he's this player where he he has that skill. He has that explosive edge to his game. And honestly, halfway through the season, the WHL just had no answer for him. Wow. Yeah, that, that's really amazing. You know, when it's like, you know, somebody has the potential. You're not seeing the results. And then, boom, all of a sudden the switch goes off and you, you're seeing it. And it sounds like that's what, ha- that's what happened with uh, Seth Jarvis here. So, I mean, 98 points in 58 games is no fluke. Uh, that, that's amazing. Alex, any comments on Seth Jarvis? Um, well, Seth Jarvis, quite frankly, is my favorite North American skater that the Flyers have any chance in hell to get. Wow. Um, watched quite a bit of him for Portland this year. And now Portland always slightly scare me because they're a team that 
always have one guy in the draft who's high scoring pretty much. You know, you had a guy like Taylor Lear for the Flyers, great junior stats, and then kind of didn't transfer. But when when you see his game, I don't think there's any worry about it not transferring. He He's just a fantastic player who scores points in droves and keeps improving. And when you look at the statistical side of it as well, um, he scored at 1.69 points per game in the WHL this year. When you look at the players since the 2005 lockout, who've scored at that level or higher, all of them end up as good first-line NHL players. Even if it's for a season or two, the worst player with that statistical profile to be drafted into the NHL um, in a first round is Sam Gagne. Now, Sam Gagne is no world beater, but he's the worst of that group. The rest of the group is guys like Tavares and McDavid, the kind of special players. Um, and I don't think he's quite in that level, but I think most drafts should be talking about this guy going top 10 for sure. And maybe a team does like him at the end of the um, top 10. But if he falls to the 20s, I think I'm not sure there's another player you, you can take over him. Mercer, he's a good player, but I'd take Jarvis over him. Nebeck, yeah, he's a fantastic player with a high upside, but Jarvis is just the same and probably a bit safer. So, yeah, I uh, love, his, love his game. Yeah, it's kind of a similar thing like we're like you were saying with Nybeck earlier where like if, if he was a six foot you know, 180 pound forward, I don't think there's any way we're not talking about this kid as a top 15, top 10 kind of talent. Sounds like you guys both like this kid. Uh, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. And uh, Brandon, I'll start with you first. Is this is this kid a potential star? I mean, if he if he keeps riding this trajectory that he's on, where if he keeps taking it on himself to be that consistent point producer where he says, this is my team and I'm going to produce like it is my team. I don't see how the sky's in the limit for this kid. Because wow. if you look at the offensive tools that he has, I don't think there's a single one he doesn't have other than maybe that size, you know, but he has, he has the puck skills. He has the shot. He has the hockey sense. Um, I don't see any reason why if he keeps riding this trajectory, he can't be a first line forward in the NHL. Wow. I'm getting excited for the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, uh, is Seth Jarvis, could he be a potential star? Um, I think there's a legitimate chance that six, seven years down the line, if he's drafted 20, 25th overall, he's a 70-plus point first-line winger. Few people are going, why the hell wasn't he drafted higher? Okay, sure. So this guy's got some skill, man. Uh, Seth Jarvis. All right, so let's move on. Uh, next guy on Alex's list here is another guy with a fun name, Martin Kromiak. Oh, Chromiak. Yeah, he's a guy who I've been keeping tabs on for a couple of years. Um, Slovakian um, and probably one of the most talented Slovakian kind of forwards to come out of their system in quite a few years. Uh, in terms of his ability, his attributes, uh, kind of his vision and his hockey IQ are probably what marks him out. Um, he's a left winger. He has played a bit of center when he was younger, but right now he's a left winger. Um, he started this season out. Um, at the same club now as uh, prospect Mate, Mate Tomek, uh, Dukla Trenson in uh, Slovakia. And he okay. really was played minimally there, kind of fourth-line role. The Czech and Slovak leagues are generally renowned for teenagers just not really getting a chance. They'll play well, but it's not like in Sweden or Finland or even Germany where they really give the guys a chance if they, uh, if they play well and they have talent. So he's kind of buried a bit on that team and only had six points, albeit five goals in 32 games. And halfway through the year, just kind of decided, like, enough's enough. Um, went to Kingston in the OHL. And since going to the OHL, has 28 um, games played, 33 points and 22 assists. And this year in kind of junior international hockey, he's over point per game. Last year in junior international hockey, he was over point per game. 
Um, he was also very good at the linker. Got four points in four games. Slovakia's best player. And he's the first guy you've, I've seen in the last few years, really, for Slovakia, who you think, wow, he's probably going to be an NHL player. In terms of where he's going to go, I mean, I think even though he's been fantastic in the OHL, his physical skill set isn't that amazing. He's not a great skater. He's okay. Uh, he's not that big. He's not that strong. But he's, he's just a clever player who can play both ends of the rinks pretty well. And I think he, at 25, I think there'll be better players. Um, but if the Flyers manage to get a second round pick, uh, quiet one, I think he's the kind of guy you think, well, in the second round, he'd be a, he'd be a guy who can step into a middle six NHL role five years down the line. Okay. I mean, he's got the size. He's a 17 year old kid, six foot, already 181 pounds, uh, right-handed shot. This says he plays left wing, um, the site I'm looking at here. Uh, pretty crazy how you mentioned that, excuse me, he's playing in obviously the, the, the pro league in Slovakia is only getting uh, limited minutes, five goals, 32 games. And then he goes over to the AHL, <clears throat> excuse me, and, he, and he's he's lighting it up. 33 points, 28 games you mentioned. I mean, that's incredible. So you, essentially they were holding him back. In, in yeah, Slovakia. and I think we've seen it as well with Jan Misak as well. Uh, Czech prospect who I think has a chance to go top 10 overall. Um, potentially, you know, maybe 15th or so. Uh, but he he was similar. He was playing in the Czech League for Litvinov, who Yuri Slager is actually the coach there. Okay. Um, and he was getting fourth line minutes, even though he's one of the more talented Czechs in recent years. And I know Brandon really likes Jan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Yeah, the, he's came over as well and lit up uh, Junior League since being in North America. Well, we could, sorry, we could touch on him a little bit more if you guys want. Jan, uh, Jan Misak. Yeah. Um, see, with Mishak, it's uh, I've seen some people have him kind of towards like the end of the first round where the Flyers may be picking, but uh, at the same time, he's also someone where people really love this kid as a top 15 talent. And um, for people that weren't really, weren't really paying attention to the European leagues, you really saw what this kid has to offer when he came over to play in the OHL for Hamilton. Um, maybe not the most dynamic skater, but the thing that stands out is... Uh, he has that hockey sense and some really excellent puck skills as well, where he's able to uh, drive in on opposing defenders, use some really good strength, and he's really strong on his skates to uh, get the puck past defenders and ultimately be goaltenders. Yeah, he's a 17-year-old kid, six foot tall, <clears throat> 176 pounds. Uh, this current season he played, it looks like he did the same thing. <clears throat> Is that what you were talking about, Alex? Yeah, just decided that getting fourth line minutes on a team that last year he scored nine goal nine points in six games for them to save them from relegation from a pro league, and he just gets slotted on the fourth line after his his coach promised him that he would be getting kind of second line minutes, wow. um, and I think he thought enough is enough. I'm going to go to the OHL where I'm going to play top line minutes and show everyone that I am a top ten talent. Let me ask you what for for prospects like this. What's their incentive to stay, uh, I guess, in their native uh, league rather than come over and play uh, in North America, for for example, the Hamilton Bulldogs? What's the incentive to stay? Well, if you're getting big minutes in one of those men's leagues, I think it's better preparation for the NHL and the AHL. You know, Swedish league, for example, there's an argument that it's a better league than the AHL in terms of quality. You know, a lot of the guys are ex-NHLers, international players. You're playing against 30-year-old men when you're a 17-year-old kid. 
Um, so I think that's the incentive. And the Czech League isn't the Swedish League. It's not the Finnish League. It's not even as good as kind of the German League right now, maybe a similar level. Um, but if you get a chance to play against ex-NHLers when you're a 17-year-old kid in decent minutes, I think it's definitely worth staying. And as well, quite frankly, no offense to small towns in the middle of nowhere in Canada, but if you're playing in Prague or Malmö or you know Helsinki, from a lifestyle perspective, it's also pretty nice to be there and know your family. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, uh, Brandon, any any uh, more uh, thoughts on Jan Misak? Misak. Uh, if he was someone that took a tumble on on drafting, the Flyers got him at twenty five. Uh, I'd be jumping for joy if I was you, honestly. Um, when, the more I've watched him, the more and more he's cemented himself as a top 15 talent, at least. Um, he's right on that edge for me. I think I have him at number 12 right now. But um, in terms of how we can impact his, a game with that IQ and the puck skills, and he's got an excellent shot as well. Um, I don't see any reason why um, you're not talking about this kid as potentially one of the better players in the OHL next year if he sticks with the Hamilton Bulldogs. I know you guys were excited to talk about this guy before we did the show. Um, what I mean, you mentioned hockey IQ. Is that what you like most about this kid? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, really, really smart player. And um, yeah, I'd say it's the I- IQ with the puck skills as well and um, how strong he is on his skates where you know he, he can dangle down low, he can make moves on, on defenders, but when he's working with it down low, he's really hard to knock off the puck. Um, you've seen it a couple times this year in Hamilton where he scored excellent goals, um, where he's just been shrugging defenders off down low before he gets out in front and is able to put a five hole on a goalie. He's a guy that once we finish up here, I'm going to, I'm going to check out on the YouTube and see if there's anything good on him. I could dig up you guys. I mean, out of all the guys that are on this list, you guys both seem to come up with Mishak before the show. So he must be pretty damn good. Uh, I'm going to move on here. The next guy on Brandon's list is Connor Zari. Zari. Yeah, so for a lot of the year, um, honestly, before Seth Jarvis exploded, uh, most people would bring up Connor Zari as likely the top player out of the WHL. And what you're really getting with Zari is a really intelligent uh, playmaking center. Where When I've watched him, that's the thing that stood out the most is um, his vision and how he's able to deliver the puck when he's, especially on the power play, he's able to quarterback uh, Kamloops power play, which is the second uh, power play in the entire WHL. And he's really kind of the mastermind or the, the maestro, I guess, behind that power play. Um, he has 78 points this year and on 53 games. So he's absolutely torn it up this year for the, for the Kamloops Blazers. And um, last year you saw him get to play up in age group as well, where he played, with the likes of like Kirby Doc and Dylan Cousins at last year's U18 championships and did not look out of place at all, where he was a point-per-game player playing up an age bracket, essentially. Um, may, might not have kind of the dynamic skating ability that I love so much with Seth Jarvis, but he has more of that pro frame where he's a six-foot center, really excellent vision, passing ability, and uh, someone down the, down the road, I think you can pencil in as, at minimum, a 3C, but... Um, I would put good money on him developing into a really good playmaking t- number two, number two center on an NHL club. Sounds like another high floor type player. Yeah, high, high floor, but the way, uh, especially the way he can impact a power play, as you've seen with what he's done with with Canloops in the WHL, uh, he really starts to get up towards maybe that maybe sixty point ceiling where you can see him really be, 
bring that playmaking ability to the next level if he gets to the NHL. Okay, and he's he's no small kid either. Six foot, 181 pounds. I mean, he's gonna you know he'll probably get, he'll get to like at least 200, 210, right? He'll put on some uh, some I I call it the man body, but you know <laughs> put he'll he'll grow into his frame and he's gonna be a big kid. Uh, Alex, any any comments on Connor Zary? I've only seen him play a couple of times, quite frankly. I've mainly been watching Euros and then a couple of guys in the CHL who I really want to tune into. And Zari, Zari's another guy who, in a normal draft, he's a top 10 pick. Um, produces really well in a difficult league generally to produce in the WHL and has a well-rounded game, NHL size, NHL frame, easily projectable. Um, and yeah, really good playmaker, can score goals as well. He's a guy who... I'd, I don't think the Flyers will get a chance to pick, quite frankly, because he doesn't really have any, say Jarvis, there's definitely NHL teams that look at him and go, no, he's a bit small. Is this sustainable? Whereas with Zari, he's been around for a while. He's played on Canadian junior teams. He's a good old Canadian kid from Western Canada who plays all in both ends of the rink and all zones of ice. So yeah, he's, he's the kind of guy who I doubt will drop past 15 or so. But if he was there in the 20s, He's a guy you have to think about. Yeah, he's he's someone I have at the start of my 20s because, like I said, he doesn't quite have that dynamic gear that I see in someone like Jarvis. So maybe there's, if there's teams that are looking for a more dynamic player, I'd say maybe he does slip a little bit. But, I mean, um, like Alex said, I would figure he's probably somewhere in the teens on draft day. But um, in terms of where I see him, uh, if he is kind of that more 20s guy and the Flyers are able to grab him or trade up for him, uh, I think that'd be an excellent nab for the Flyers. Yeah, I would say, judging by what I'm looking at here, I'm looking at five or six different rankings, and none of them have them lower than 15. So it's probably going to slim to none chances that they, they're able to get Connor Zary there. Alex, next on your list here, and maybe you can help me with this name. I'm sure you you already know which one it is. Is that yeah. Hel- Helga or Helge? Helga. Hel- Helga, Helga Grounds. Helga Grounds, yep. Yeah, um, I had the pleasure of being able to watch him live a few times the other year as a junior player i was living in copenhagen and he plays for malmo um so it's only it's basically the same city just go across the bridge for 25 minutes and you're right in the right in the middle of malmo uh, the flyers obviously have some fantastic defensemen in the nhl um but helga Granz is a guy who's probably going to be there when the flyers pick and he's a 6'3 192 pound right-handed defenseman and when you combine that size with the physical package he has, he's the kind of guy he teams salivate over. Any defenseman would love to have his skill set. He skates extremely well, not just for his size, but well in general. Um, he's got great edge work. He's really agile for a guy who's listed as 6'3", but quite frankly might be 6'4 now. Uh, he looks a big boy when he's on the ice, even in the Swedish Hockey League versus 30-year-old men. Um and he doesn't look close to finish filling out as well. He's wow. the kind of the guy who you think, like, he might end up 6'4 and 220 pounds and being able to skate like the wind and turn kind of on a dime. He has really nice puck skills. And despite his size, he's actually probably more of an offensive defenseman. He loves jumping into the rush, playing that kind of modern transition style of NHL where he can turn into a rover if he wants, get onto the left side of ice, get up to the right side of ice in the slot. Really creative with nice puck skills. He's got a good outlet pass and a really nice wrist shot as well. Uh, this year, he played half the season in the SHL um, and half the season in uh, Super Elite, the Swedish juniors. The Swedish Hockey League, he got played 21 games, uh, got only three points, but in a depth role. And in the Super Elite, as a defenseman, he was point per game, 27, 
in 27. And his team wasn't a team stacked with talent at the junior level, Malmö. They only really um, had him and one other guy we're going to talk about later, I guess, um, who really were high upside kind of players. Now, in terms of the when you when you see that physical package, that skating, the offensive ability, it sounds like a top 15 pick. But the reason he's not going to go that high is, quite frankly, he is somewhat of a project. Even though he's playing professional league hockey already and playing pretty well, he can make really bad decisions with the puck. He can probably skate his way and, and muscle his way out of every situation. But too often, you know, he'll have uh, four checker on him in the defensive zone and he'll just fling it off the boards into the neutral zone and someone will pick it up. I'll try a blind pass to someone and lose the puck. So he can be a bit risky at times. Uh, with his play, with his playmaking, because he'll he'll send the puck the other way, um, and as well as that, even though I think I like his gap work, his skating makes him have a good gap even against professionals. But still, he loses his men around the net, and he doesn't really use his size well enough in the defensive zone. Like when he's driving through up ice, he'll use his size to go through players or around players, etc. But in the defensive zone, he's not that physical, um, and really needs to figure that out to become kind of a well-rounded defenseman. But he is quite unique. And, and in terms of physical tools, might be the best defenseman in the draft. Um, it's kind of a perfect skill set as well for the modern NHL. He loves getting up ice, loves joining the play, being a trailer in the rush. Um, he's a guy who probably will play in the NHL, no matter what, just because of those physical tools. But to hit his ceiling of probably kind of a third defenseman, he really needs to improve in his own zone and kind of show that his hockey IQ is better than he sometimes shows. He sounds like the prototypical flyer. To tell you the truth, uh, I was waiting. To, I was waiting to hear the bad stuff because you mentioned he may not go first round. He might go second round, or you know, Flyers could get him if if they wanted to. And you know, you mentioned his his puck decisions, but up until then, I'm like, dude, if if the Flyers can get this guy, they're gonna get a steal. And then I mean, with the, with a name like Helga Grant, I mean, it, it sounds like he's like from Street Fighter or something. You know, he just sounds like a big bruising <laughs> defenseman. <laughs> What's funny uh, is uh, his name in Sweden. Is actually like a really old man's name. It's like the kind of name that your great granddad would have, Helga. Um, so yeah, I think a few people have got a few laughs out of that, but I don't think many of them would laugh against him on the ice because he's he's a bit of a freak physically. No, he sounds like a guy that I would have fun watching, to tell you the truth. Uh, Brandon, any any uh, last comments on Helga Granz? Uh, Granz has long been one of my favorite defenseman coming out of out of Sweden this year. Um, for me, he'd be right behind Emil Andre as the top defenseman coming out of Sweden. He has that excellent physical package where he's 6'3", 6'4", defenseman, and can really move for a player his size. Uh, what which always stood out is how well he skates for a player his size and those puck skills. But like you said, uh, it's really the decision-making is, is what's going to hold him back if he never quite makes it. But if you give this kid a good coach where they're going to be able to iron out some of those mistakes and teaching to play just a little bit safer or just ease up a little bit and find that right play you're gonna have a really really excellent player on your hands i think yeah and i know the flyers you know they have a pretty solid top six uh defensive corpse right now uh sam moran who knows if he's going to come back to play um obviously cam york's in the system igor zamula's in the system you know i don't know if if you can count on him to you know, make the flyers in the future. And I, I'm the kind of guy where I believe that you can't have too many stud defensive prospects coming up the pipeline. So if, you know, this guy, you know, if he's everything you guys say is going to be in, and I believe he is, if you guys say it, I, if I'm the flyers, I'm taking a shot. So let's move on a little bit here. And next on Brandon's list, we have Jacob Perot. With, uh, with Perot, I think 
what you'd be getting if you took him out of the OHL is I think you'd be getting one of the better goal scorers that would be available at that stage in the draft. Coming out of the OHL for players that would that would be available, you look at maybe Jack Quinn would be the top goal scorer out of the OHL this year. And I wouldn't put Jacob Pro too far behind that in terms of what he's able to bring as just a pure sniper. His shot is absolutely excellent. He can pick corners from the outside on goaltenders with excellent release, a lot of power behind his shot, really good puck skills as well. Um, can play both the wing and center, so he has some versatility there. Before the top prospects game for the CHL, actually, he actually won the fastest skater competition, but I don't find you often see him burn players on the ice that way, so I wonder if he's able to use that a bit more to kind of up his ceiling a little bit, or if it's just more of a personal preference where he prefers to slow down the game a little bit, let him come to him rather than burn players out there. But it's definitely interesting to know that he has that kind of in his wheelhouse if he decides to tap into that. But in terms of what you'd be getting out of him, especially if he's able to kind of blow up a bit more if Sarnia is able to get a bit stronger next year, because Sarnia was a very weak team this year in the OHL, and he still managed to be a top producer for that team. Um, but if you're able to see him kind of get to that next gear if he has a stronger team around him, I think you'd be nabbing one of the better goal scorers um, that's available in the CHL this year if you got Perot at around... 24 or 25 or so. Yeah, I'm looking at some of his stats here. It looks like 2018-19, he scored 30 goals in 63 games. 19-20, uh, he had 39 and 57. So uh, I don't know. If, did, they, did they finish their season in the OHL? Uh, no, they were getting closer to the end of the, end of the regular uh, season. And, okay, yeah. so we, we possibly could have been looking at a 40-goal season for uh, Jacob Perot, uh, who's the son of former NHLer Yannick Perot. So he's, maybe he's got a little bit of uh, NHL in his blood there. Alex, any thoughts before we move on from Jacob Perot? Yeah, I think he's a guy who's got a high chance of being there when the Flyers pick. And yeah, he's got good speed, a good shot. I and mean, he just he's the kind of guy who's just going to score goals at whatever level. I think he's NHL upside. You're probably talking a good second line winger. I don't think he's I don't think he's really maybe cut out for center at the NHL level. I think he might switch over to wing, uh, to right wing, most likely, full time. But um. But yeah, he's a guy who, if the Flyers, if he's there, I think there might be players with higher upside potentially. But he's a, he, he'd be a worthwhile pick in that range. Okay. All right. And and let me ask you guys, and Brandon, I'll ask you first. If the Flyers were to draft a guy like Jacob Perot, and, and if you don't have you know the, a list of the Flyers prospects in front of you, I, I can ask Alex. But if the Flyers were to draft Perot, where would he kind of sit as far as talent in the system? Would he be top three, top four guy? Um, I think right now he'd be obviously after Frost. Um, he'd also be after York. Um, he'd probably be after Zamula. Oh wow! Okay. Around the Brink range, I would guess. I think I prefer Bobby Brink um, to what he, in terms of upside. So he'd probably sit there around five. I think he's a higher. He's got a higher talent level than the next tier of guys, say Ratcliffe, Allison. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I would have said. Probably around four or five, right around where Bobby Brink is. Okay. Um, I don't know if you'd still consider Joel Farabee in that prospect or NHLer, but I'd say he's a cup below Farabee as well if you wanted to throw him in that tier. So, yeah, around a four or five prospect if you were to slot in the Flyers pool today. Guy, okay. All right, so that's Jacob Pro. Uh, next on Alex's list here, Casper Simon Tyvel. <laughs> yes, Casper Simontevai. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Um, this guy, he's he's been around prospect watchers lists for years. Um, when he was 16 years old, he arguably had the best season for a guy his age ever. In fit, well, better than Line A, 
better than Paul Yagavi at the same age, and people were really starting to look at him and go, wow, this guy's a top 10 pick from the 2020 draft. But since then, he's kind of fell off. He's 5'9 and 172, not that physical, but he has a fantastic offensive skill set. Unbelievably buttery hands, every shot in the book, a good passer. And while he's not afraid to battle, he's not particularly kind of good at it. Um, and he's, I wouldn't say he's the best skater. He's an average-ish skater, but he really skates well with the puck. When the puck's on his stick, he looks like he's faster than guys whose puck's not on their stick, which is a pretty kind of a rarity. He doesn't lose any speed when he's got the puck. Um, but he's been plagued by injuries over the last few years, and he's one of those players who there have been questions um, floated around that he's kind of not the biggest competitor. Um, I'm, usually I don't like those kind of things. You know, you don't know what's going on in that person's life. You don't see them in the locker room every day. But it's been said enough times now over a couple of years that people start to think, wow, he's, you know, maybe he's not committed to working hard enough. But um, I think injuries have probably played a bigger part in that to kind of decrease what his natural talent could be. He spent all year pretty much in juniors, 57 points in 48 games in the Finnish Junior League. Probably should have done better given his talent level. Um, he's already played. He played professional hockey last year. In the sweet, in the Finnish second tier in the Mestis, and this year he played mainly in the juniors with a bit of time in the second tier. He really needs to improve his play in his own zone. And yeah, people have—he's not developed that much since he was 16, but he's the kind of guy who might be there in the second round, in the late second. Uh, I think some teams will probably think about him in the early second or late first. Uh, but if he's there in the late second round and the Flyers manage to get a second round pick, you kind of have to go well. This guy, if the injuries are the thing that's been holding him back, he could be a first line kind of talent. So he's a guy. If he's there in the second round, you take a shot. You take a shot on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Worry Brandon. about him a lot as a player. Worry about him actually ever becoming an NHLer, and not just a top Euro League guy. But he does definitely have upside. Interesting. I personally, I feel like I'm a little bit scared away by by what you said about him. But the talent's there. It's just is he willing to work? Brandon, any any comments on Casper? I'm not even going to try to say his last name again. Uh, <laughs> Definitely a very talented player. I remember um, it was actually the first game I sat down to watch of him this year. Uh, I walked away with a page full of notes because I got to see all of the good, but also all of the bad. Because you see all the talent, you see the puck skills, you see the shot, the vision. He has all of that. But um, he is an average skater, which for a player his size, you like to see him have more of that dynamic gear. But um, more so the the thing that I took away as a bigger negative was I didn't love the decision-making. I saw him turn over the puck a little bit for some plays, but if you're looking for a player that just has just raw talent and a player that can really, if you pick him up in the late first somewhere in the second, it can really explode into that top six winger, maybe even a first line winger. Um, I think he fits the bill as someone you would look at. Okay. All right. So let's wrap that up on Casper here. We have a guy on on your list here, Brandon, with another cool name. I don't know what it is with these kids today, man. It, like, how did I get stuck with Jim? And I'm looking at a list of guys here with uh, Zion, Hendricks, uh, Seth Jarvis. I guess that's cool. And Helga. Uh, and the guy that I'm going to talk about now is Maverick Bork. Yeah, Maverick. Uh, definitely an awesome name. Got to love yeah. Maverick Bork. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, I got Jim. This guy's name is Maverick Bork. Maverick. Like, come on. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, with, with Maverick Bork, uh, you saw a player that this year you really you saw him become a top point producer this year in the QMJHL for Shawinigan. He had had over 70 points this year, about 49, 50 games. I'm not sure what exact point total came out to. 
Looking at 71 points in 49 games here. Yeah. So he uh, he really became a top offensive producer for sure, for sure win again, which is interesting because something that I've always thought about him when I've watched him is I don't quite see those high-end like attributes. I don't see like high-end skating or puck skills, but the thing that's always stood out is how well he thinks the game. So he has that two-way acumen, thinks the game really well, and I'm surprised he doesn't have more goals than he, than he does because I've seen him absolutely blistered the puck past goaltenders. He's kind of a guy where he gets himself into those areas to have scoring scoring chances, or he's able to see the ice well and set up his teammates or open up ice. It's particularly, in terms of offensive tools, it's his shot that stood out the most to me. But with him, I think it's the kind of guy where another, again, another high floor kind of guy where with that IQ and that two-way IQ, and you're talking about at least a third line forward, but he's shown this year in the QMJHL that he has that, those offensive smarts to get himself in position to contribute offensively and in big ways as well. Like 71 and 49, that's no small stat line. And no. if that's any indication of what he can bring through to the NHL level, like maybe you're talking about a guy who can play as second line center or wing, cause he can play both and make an, make an impact while also having that two way acumen as well. And I'm looking at in front of me here, he played 64 games in 2018, 19, where he scored 54 points uh, in 15 less games this year, he scored 17 more points. So, so he was on a good projection uh, points-wise. He was definitely producing. And when I see that, I mean, uh, it looks like the kid's growing talent-wise, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, 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 I would figure he would need at least another year in uh, in the QMJHL. But if this is the, tra- the trajectory he's on, maybe next year you're looking at him and maybe he's able to break that 100-point echelon, especially if he's able to kind of add another tool to what he already has where maybe he finds that extra gear in skating or he finds those puck skills where he already has that base where he's already a great point producer at the junior level. And if he's able to find that extra tool, who knows what this, what you know, the upper echelon could be for this kid. This is, uh, I'm intrigued by this kid and not just because his name is Maverick. I mean, if you look at the flyers, I mean, they have Morgan Frost, of course, uh, you know, with the Phantoms, will he be on the flyers next year? I don't know. But if you look past Morgan Frost, there's not that many high-end center talent in the system. So if if they do, let's say they do get this guy and he ends up playing center, that would be a huge boost to the pipeline. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on Maverick Bork? Yeah, really good, well-rounded player. Great shot. Um, and in terms of how he processes the offensive zone, at times he kind of reminds me it's a really big comparison and he's nowhere near that player. But Claude Giroux, like he sees the ice really well find seams and just he's always in the right spot on ice and yeah kind of guy who's very projectable at the next level might end up playing wing uh but a, a, another really good player okay uh, let's move on here i think the last guy i have on your list here alex before you get to your sleep i'm sorry is there, do i have two guys or, or one more guy before i get to I your sleep should be two more fins okay i have ronnie hirvanen ronnie hirvanen's an interesting player i think uh, he's played full-time in the Finnish top-tier Liga this year against men. And he's the kind of guy, when you if you were just watching him, you'd be like, well, you know, he's a he's a solid player, but he's 5'9", he's 160 pounds. You know, he's not a man by any means yet. Um, he's not an amazing skater. He's not that strong. Um, but he still just manages to find ways to produce points. Um, fantastic junior league player coming up through the ranks. And this year in the top league in Finland, despite being, for all intents and purposes, probably closer to a child physically than a man. <laughs> you know, he's got 
15 points in 52 games. And the Finnish league tracks kind of the underlying stats of their league and has it publicly available. And he put up 51.2% Carsey, the best on his team outside the first line. Uh, in terms of his actual abilities, he just has great hockey sense. Um, he's got a fantastic pass as well. Uh, really sees the ice well. and But his hockey sense, he's just always in the right spot. Um, great at finding lanes, seams, creating space for himself and his teammates. And one thing that I really, really like about his game is that he knows how to create space when someone else has the puck. He will be able to get that seam, get in the right spot. You'll see him often around the net or in the slot with no one near him. Huh. And at first you think, oh, it's a coincidence. And then it happens two times, three times a game against men. And you're like, well, he just knows how he just knows how the hockey rink works. He knows where the puck's going to be most often. And also, um, he's a really good defensive player. Uh, he might be small and he might be immature physically, but he doesn't shy away from contesting pucks. He will work the boards. Um, he's a great face-off man, even though he might end up at wing. He's played all three positions over the last year or so. So he's damn versatile. Um, and yeah, the only real problem with him, I would say, is I've seen his upside question, really. And I can understand that. Because while he's got a good hockey IQ and decent offensive skills, especially his vision and his passing, he just has good hands. He doesn't have exceptional first-round kind of hands. He doesn't have a great shot. Um, he's just in the right place at the right time all the time. Um, so it's kind of, I would say he's upside. He's kind of a second-line player. Um, he'll be a really well-rounded second-line player, but I don't think I really see that kind of first-line talent in him. But he did score more in the Junior League last year than Kapanen and Kotkaniemi did at the same age, but not kind of the level of the other kind of top-end Finns we've seen. So, yeah, um, he's kind of a safe player in terms of, well, I think he'll probably have an NHL future or at least play a couple of seasons at worst um, because he is a really well-rounded player and he has a great hockey IQ. But I don't really see much more than second line upside from him. Okay. Uh, Brandon, Roney, Hirvonen. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of what you just said where what stands out the most is that hockey IQ where he's able to get himself in the right spots on the ice to make an offensive impact. And uh, particularly what I like the most is how good of a passer he is. He really is an excellent playmaker. And as you, me you mentioned the same name, he came through the same system as Jesperi Kalkiniemi, where maybe he doesn't have as high of a, as an offensive ceiling, but he does have some of those same attributes where he has that IQ and he has that excellent passing ability. Maybe not doesn't have, like you said, those exceptional puck skills where you were going to project him as a first line forward. But uh, with that IQ and the passing ability, I don't see any reason why you can't, project the upside of him as a second line center yeah i mean he's and this is just my opinion i mean you guys are the experts a little bit small for my liking five nine 163 as a center i don't know i don't know what it is if it's i'd rather have the five foot 11 you know 175 180 pound guy um he's 18 years old alex you mentioned he's playing with a, a league with grown in a in a league with grown men where he you know he managed to put up some points in 50 some odd games I, you know, that means something. Five goals, 11 assists, 16 points. It doesn't necessarily jump out at you, but, you know, this is, this is a, a smaller kid playing against men. And, you know, you mentioned he's in the right spot at the right times. That's a skill. I, I believe that's a skill. I don't I don't think if it happens once, it's okay. It's like, okay, maybe it's coincidence. Happens twice. Yeah. But if it continues to happen, it's a legit skill that this, this kid just knows where to be. You know, the puck finds him. So good, great points there. Brandon, let's move on to... Braden Schneider. So with, with Schneider, uh, in a way, it brings me back to, a little bit to 
what we were talking about with Helga Granz, where uh, he's that right shot defenseman with a little bit, bit of size, but where Granz is more of like the, uh, the upside of offense and skating and puck skills, where he's that yang. Schneider's more of that yang, where he's that steady, stay-at-home kind of guy with a little bit of offensive upside and chops as well. Didn't blow you away with this stat line this year of 42 points, 58 games, which is good for a first-year eligible, eligible defenseman, but it's not that high-end, like, number one power play quarterback kind of defenseman you're looking for. But he's so projectable in his NHL outlook where I would, I'd put down money on this kid being at minimum a number four defenseman with how good he is in his own zone. He's already such a mature, mature defender, covers his gaps really well, really strong stick, and a really well-developed physical game as well. So he has that frame already where he's not only does he have that height, but he's a really stocky kid as well. He's well over 200 already at the age of 18, and yeah. uh, he's the kind big... of guy where, yeah, he, and along with that size, he's a smooth skater as well. He controls his gaps, doesn't get beat too much with his skating, and um, at minimum, I think you're talking about a guy who is so projectable at the NHL level where you're going to be talking about probably a second-pairing defenseman who can play in your top penalty kill and play in all situations for you. Yeah, I see the size first, and I'm like, okay, well, he's already got the size. Now he can just focus on you know, critiquing his game and get, or getting his game into a uh, peak shape. So I'm like, all right, this guy, he's already halfway there with the size. He's got the skill. Now, you know, brush up the skills a little bit. And you mentioned it could be a, you know, a floor top four guy, which is pretty amazing. And I mentioned earlier, you can never have too many D. So I'd be comfortable with the Flyers going Braden Schneider there. Alex, your thoughts on Braden Schneider? Funnily enough, the player who came to mind when I have seen him is actually a guy who sh- shares a, very similar first name, and Flyers fans will know well the the opposite handedness. But Braden Coburn, he reminds me of him at times. You know, he really beautiful skater. He can get up ice and has some offensive skill and makes a nice outlet. But he's got great gap control. He'll be physical. He'll play a shutdown role and then transition the puck up ice and create space for his teammates. And I think that's kind of his kind of likely ceiling in terms of you know Braden Coburn when he was at his best for the Flyers was a guy who was a number two three defenseman who could complement a legitimate number one and play a good role and put up 30 points a year without much power play time and just be a solid defensive presence and also be able to create some stuff offensively. And I think that's kind of what you're probably going to get from Braden Schneider if he if he hits. And that's, you know, a very valuable player, especially as a right-handed defenseman in today's league. I mean, he is one of the older players in his draft class, um, which sometimes kind of, I think, comes into it. Uh, but, you know, a few months when you've got that kind of skill set, I don't think it's really going to make or break anything i think i think he's a guy who might be there when the flyers pick i think there's a potential he goes top 20 especially since this this draft doesn't have the level of defenseman that it does forwards so a few guys might go we, we really need a defenseman we love his physical skills let's take him at 19 18 or so but there's a good chance he could be where than the flyers pick yeah he sounds like a, i mean you compared him to Braden Cobert, very very uh very good i think while he was here an underrated player because he, he was very good as flyers fans i think maybe we got a little bit spoiled and didn't appreciate him as much towards the end there, but Braden Coburn was a, a very, very solid top four defenseman. And if, if that's your comparison uh, to Braden Schneider, I'd be more than happy with the Flyers taking him. 6'2", 209 pounds. I already like him just because of that. Um, <laughs> and then he can skate on top of it. Wow. So let's move on here. And we have your last of your picks before we get to the sleepers. We have Roby Jarventi. Yeah, damn close on that one, Robbie Yarventi. So, <laughs> yeah, good finish pronunciation there. Probably <laughs> just about the same level as mine, actually. Finishes a 
hellish language to try and speak anything of. Um, yeah, this guy, um, he's the kind of guy who, when you watch, there is a spark there with him. He's 6'2 and 185. He played all season in the Finnish men's second tier. So still professional hockey, Mestis, on a mid-table team. Um, and he had an amazing season, quite frankly, at that level. Uh, he put up 38 points in 36 games versus men with 23 wow. goals on a mediocre team. They weren't a bad team, but they were just an okay team. Not super high scoring, just a solid team. And he's an under-18 player. That's the most points for an under-18 player, as I said, in history. And he has a fantastic combination of being 6'2 and fast and not worried about physical contact when he's going up ice. He can kind of be a juggernaut, just go through players when he's skating. He has a fantastic shot as well. Really nice, crisp release and just loves to shoot. Like, he's not the kind of player who's going to pass up an opportunity to shoot. Two-on-ones, he's going to shoot. He, he's, he just looks for the shot all the time. And he plays uh, the right-hand side of the power play as a left-handed shot and kind of looks like a Vetchkin in that slot at times with his shot. He just sets up there and hammers away. And he'll also go net front as well and take the pain and get goals in, greasy goals in tight. Um, he's an okay passer and has pretty nice hands when he uses them. He's laid on some great dangles this year against men. My concern with him is that he, I think he'll always be a complimentary player. You know? If you're thinking he's not, I don't think he's going to be this level of player, but you know the way that Scott Hartnell was yes. for the Flyers? In the, he's not a guy who's going to carry a line. He's not, a, he's not going to carry the second line, but put him with a good center and a good winger like Jager or Voracek, and he's going to score goals, get to the greasy areas, have a really nice shot from the slot with a playmaking seal alongside him. The other thing that I really worry about, apart from just, you know, just being a complimentary player is fine. You know, if you're a third, third wheel on a good first line, who cares? Like, you're still a great hockey player. But... His hockey IQ does worry me slightly. Yeah, he's playing against men and he's only seven, been 17, 18 years old. But at times he just makes crazy decisions, doesn't go to the right places, and just relies on kind of his physical tools, an amazing shot to get him by. And that's why he's produced so many points. I mean, it's they're two amazing tools, but at times he can be a bit one-dimensional. He also doesn't really play defensive hockey. Um, at in, even in the men's league, he can get a bit jeudevish at uh. times in the neutral zone. He'll hang out there, try and pick <laughs> off passes. And look, he scores game. He scores a lot of goals. Um, and he is from a hockey family as well. His dad played one game for the Canadians in like 2001. So he has some hockey heritage in him. Yeah. Um, but he is a real project. Although a project that if he was there, you know, with the third round pick, I think he's the kind of guy that you go, oh, well, potentially take him there. Um, and from the Flyers perspective as well, he's ginger with great flow. So he'll fit in. <laughs> They'll definitely draft them then, for sure. Brandon, your thoughts on Robbie Harventi? Uh, he's see, he's someone that, as the years go, like the season's gone along, I've just moved him up and up and up, because yeah, there's he's he's a long term project with you know if you don't love the decision making, you don't love the IQ, man, is this kid damn fast? Like this kid might be one of the fastest players in the entire draft. The way he he, he can take the puck and just blaze down the boards, um, when he really gets going it's really hard to stop him. If you're looking for a kid that you can maybe grab in the middle of the second round that has that kind of upside where he can just change a game in one shift with that speed and the shot that he has, I don't see any reason why you don't take him with a mid to late second. And hopefully, you know, you hope this kid booms into top end goal scorer with incredible speed. I'm intrigued. He sounds fun. He sounds like a player that I would have fun watching. Yeah. He's a really fun guy to watch. And, 
if he's there in the late second when the Flyers have their second round pick, I think he's worth a look, depending on who else is around him. Because he is a goal scorer. Like, you put him on a wing with a playmaking center, he's going to score goals and he's going to use his speed. He needs to work harder in the defensive zone and gain some defensive awareness and use his size a bit more when he's off the puck. But when it when you're talking about him being in the offensive zone and that shot and size and speed combo, he's got three of the big four S's when it comes to hockey. The only thing that you really worry about is the sense. And if you can show that and improve that, um, he could be a really good player and probably like a potential to be kind of, you know, a really good second line winger. Now you mentioned the four S's of hockey. Shot, sense, size. Skating. All right. So he's got all that besides the sense, and that's a pretty damn important one, especially if you're, you know, if you're playing for a guy like Elaine Vigneault, you, you might need some of that. Uh, but like you mentioned, 23 goals in 36 games as a 17-year-old playing against grown men, I think that means something, and that's intriguing, at least to me. Uh, he's got the size, you mentioned. He's six foot two, uh, 185 pounds, so it's there. I mean, he's only going to grow into his frame even more. I'm intrigued. Uh, it would be really interesting to see if he's there and, you know, if the Flyers end up uh, having the opportunity to take him. You know, I, I think that's a guy I, I would want them to take. Sounds fun. We can move on here. Let's go to some sleeper picks. Brandon, we could start with you first. Yeah, uh, I think the first guy I want to talk talk about is uh, a player out of the WHO who's maybe flown under the radar with some of the other upper echelon guys, but kind of in a similar vein with Seth, Seth Jarvis where you've seen him kind of take on that offensive responsibility. Uh, Tristan Robbins has kind of done the same thing in Saskatoon this year where you look the year before, a lot of their high-end producers have either graduated the NHL or been shipped out of town. And I believe he's gone up around 40 points in production from the year before to this year, 40 or 50. What you're really getting out of him is really intelligent attacker, sees the ice really well, and gets himself to the right spots in the area to make a difference, and has some really surprising puck skills as well when you watch this kid. Thinks the game like a goal scorer, wants to get to those areas in the middle of the slot to wire one home for, for Saskatoon. And one of the most projectable parts of his game is that IQ. He's the kind of kid where I can see him having that floor where He's able to make the, make the NHL in at least a depth role with how well he thinks the game and can play both ends of the ice, but uh, can bring a lot of offensive upside with the puck skills and the shot as well. Well, I'm looking at, yeah, you're right. So 2018-19 finished 25 points in 68 games and then a massive jump this season, uh, scoring 33 times, 73 points in 62 games. That's a huge improvement. Where do you, as, so you, this is your sleeper. What round is he a sleeper in? First round, second round, third? I have I have him slated at the end of my second, but I, whenever whenever I've looked around, I've always seen him slated as more of like a maybe even a fourth round guy on some boards. Okay. Where if the Flyers are maybe able to grab him with a mid round pick, like say he's still sitting there in the fourth round, I think that's an excellent pick at that at that spot. This is where, a kid that you really like. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. He's a, I I think he has that late second, high third upside. But if he's still sitting there in the fourth and you're able to get a kid with the upside that he has, I don't see why you don't do it. He can okay. play, play both center. Can, he can play center and wing. Uh, versatile player in that sense. Has that IQ. Just a player that I think has a really solid outlook. Yeah, 5'10", 174 pounds, 18 years old. Uh, we mentioned you know his point production the last couple seasons. Flyer fans, make sure you write that name down as uh, a guy Brandon Holmes likes. Potentially second, third, fourth round guy. Uh, Alex, who's the first name on your sleeper list? 
Oh, the first name on my sleeper list is a guy, uh, an Austrian, funnily enough. We were speaking about Germans before. Yeah. Uh, German-speaking world, seemingly just going crazy with hockey in the last few years. Nico Hiche, Timo Meyer from Switzerland. And then you have this year, Marco Rossi. He'll be a top five pick, I'm sure, from Austria. He's destroying the OHL this year. And his fellow countryman and kind of the number two, the Robin to his Batman on the junior team is uh, Benjamin Baumgartner. This guy is almost 20 years old. He's a third-time draft eligible. And for my money, he should have been taken last year in his first, I mean, in his second time round in the draft. Him and Rossi have been just a fantastic one-two punch for Austria in junior hockey, even though they're two years apart, for years. Um, and this year, Baumgartner was top scorer in the World Junior Championship Division 1A, 11 points in five games without Rossi. Um, he was just took the tournament on himself. And this year, he's also been playing in Davos in the NLA, which is an argument for after NHL, KHL, and Swedish Hockey League. The NLA might be the fourth best hockey league in the world. And he's put up 27 points in 37 games as a 19-year-old. Um, he's 5'9". He's not the biggest guy, 165 pounds. Uh, but he works really hard. Um, he's a playmaker, but he also has a solid shot. He could probably use it a bit more. He likes to get to the shot and try to... And, to the slot and try to shoot but he'd always rather pass um, and he's not really scared of those danger areas or getting around to the net or on the boards and works well as a as on the defense he is a center by trade historically but actually this year he's played more left wing he's really good on face-offs but with the size um down the middle against men he's switched out to wing and done well there and been really good defensively um at left wing he can penalty kill as well and kind of play all situations though this year he hardly got any power play time um, on a good Davos team, I think of his 27 points, only 20, I mean, 20 came at even strength. And they were all f primary assists. I think he had, of his 20 assists this season, 16 of them were primary, along wow. with um, his seven goals. So he only had four secondary assists, I think, all year to kind of stat pad, if you believe in secondary assists being worth that much less than first assists. And yeah, I've had my eye on him for a few years uh, and think that he's a guy who NHL teams will for sure be looking at and thinking if they're going to draft him. This is his last time around for the draft. So he'll be a free agent in summer. Um, and I think if he's a free agent in summer, a lot of teams will be hot on his on his tail um, because he's really stood out in international tournaments and he's gritty. And he also, what I really like is his skating. He has fantastic edge work. He at times looks a bit like a figure skater around the net in terms of his pivots in close. Uh, he's exceptional in that area. And in his case as well, the reason I've had my eye on him for a few years is one of my best friends um, was support staff for the Austrian Junior Olympic team in Lillehammer a few years ago. Um, so he spent a few weeks around Ben and said he's a great guy and, um, yeah, fantastic hockey player. So I kept watch. I started watching him back then. And since then, this year, he's just... No one expected this from him, I don't think, this year. To go from, yeah, playing NLA in the fourth-line role to legitimately one of the best young players in the league. Wow. So everybody keep your eye out for Benjamin Baumgartner. Where, what, what round can you see him going in, Alex? I think some teams... Might look at him at the end of the third. There's been a lot of rumors that Edmonton Oilers really, really love him and have sent guys to scout him. Apparently, they sent guys avoid, of trying to evade the quarantine to scout Ben Baumgartner when the Swiss League was still playing. So wow. that's how much Oilers apparently like him. Um, but I think there's also a chance he goes a bit later, kind of fourth or fifth round. And because he's almost 20 years old, people might be a bit scared off by that. So I guess some teams don't have him on the draft list, but a few teams, I think, really like him and if the Flyers had a chance to draft him kind of in the fourth round, that would be, I think, a fantastic pick. Okay. So Benjamin Baumgartner, if he's there in the fourth round, 
Flyer fans, you, we want the Flyers to take a shot on them. Brandon, next up on your sleeper list, who do you got? Well, in the same vein with Benny Baumgartner being uh, being an overager, uh, Evgeny Oksentchuk. Flint took him out of out of Belarus, out of uh, in the import draft this year, and brought him over into the OHL. And uh, he's been one of the more skilled goal scorers in the OHL this year. What stands out the most with him is his puck skills. He's a wizard with the puck. Uh, scored he actually scored one of the lacrosse goals this year out of the OHL. Really skilled player. Uh, has the ability to beat beat uh, beat defenders one on one with quick moves. Get in, get in tight on goaltenders and beat them with his stick handling. And um, you don't always love some of the uh, some of the hockey sense. He can be caught with his head down a little bit. That's something that I think he needs to work on. Where have his head up a little bit, survey the ice a little more. Because if you pull that a little bit in the NHL, you're going to get clocked with your head down. But if you're looking at a player, you can maybe grab with a fourth or fifth round pick with the kind of upside that he has and the kind of skill that he has. Where he might drop because he's an overage or playing in the OHL. I think he's someone who has the upside where. If you can take him into your organization, maybe build up another tool, build up some two-way sends along with the puck skills that he has, maybe you're talking about a middle six winger that you can put on your power play as well. Can you say this guy's name for me again? Uh, Yevgeny Oksenchuk. He's from Belarus. Yep. Yeah, like Not... uh, like current Flyers prospect Maxim Shushko. So. How about that? Not too He's many... He's from the uh... same town as Shushko and came through the same junior system as well. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. What a coincidence. Okay, uh, so what what round would you say? I mean, you have him as a sleeper. Where do you see him going, and and what round would you like to see? You know, if the I know you're not a Flyers fan, but what round would you say is acceptable for the Flyers to take him in? I I can see teams liking this kid in uh, the third, maybe fourth round. If I'm being entirely honest, I don't have him ranked here. But if a team wanted to step up and take him at the end of the second, I wouldn't blame them with the puck skills that he has. But I'd say more likely. He's someone you'd look at maybe the middle of the third to the end of the third. At that stage in the draft, you're probably not going to have a lot of players that have the pure talent level that he has and the pure puck skills that he has, where in that sense, he's maybe a higher ceiling, but also a lower floor. Did Belarus make the World Juniors this year? Um, no, they played in um, Division 1A, same That's as the it. Austrians. That's I it, saw yeah. a bit of him when he was playing against Baumgartner, funnily enough. Huh. Or played in the same tournament. So he, I mean, he produced a goal and six assists in five games. That's got to mean something, right? And all right, let's move on. Alex, you have a, a second sleeper. Yeah, and this one's a, a deep sleeper for the most part, I guess, of a lot of players in the draft who have high talent level. He's probably the one that fewest people know about him because he pretty much came out of nowhere. And I mean that almost literally. He came from a town called uh, Venas in northern Sweden, town of four, 5,000 people. He was playing for their men's team at the start of the season as a 17-year-old. So they're in Hockey Etan, which is the third Swedish tier. And it's the first tier of kind of the amateurs in effect. Yeah, you've got some players being paid, but it's not going to, you know, sustain you a lifestyle of any kind of format. Um, and he play, he started that le- the year playing in Hockey Etan uh, for Venas. He just came as a junior player from a... He'd been let go by a few big SAL teams when he was 15, 16. Never really stuck. But then came to play in the third tier of Swedish men's hockey this year and just blew the doors off. He's 5'10 and pretty well filled out at 187 pounds. Um, and he had the best season probably in 20 years for a player at that level. Now I should qualify that and say not many players who are really skilled young players play in the Swedish men's third league. They're usually at top junior leagues. Um, but he produced 
24 points and 13 goals in 19 games versus men. And yeah, these men aren't all professional hockey players, but it's still kind of most of them could hold their own in a professional men's hockey league and people wouldn't notice. You know, that's the level that they're kind of at. Um, you know, everyone who's produced at that kind of level at his age has gone on in the same league to be at least a good Swedish hockey league player or a good national uh, NLA player and a good national team player. And his dad, Johan, we're talking about bloodlines. His dad, Johan, was an SAL. He actually played for my favorite team for a small while, Modo. Um, and in terms of his skill set, I mean, a lot of hockey Italian games aren't broadcast. You don't get real many highlights from him. So what he transferred mid-season to Luleå, a Swedish hockey league team. They saw him, plucked him out of there, put him in their junior team and played him in one uh, men's game in the Swedish hockey league right at the end of the season, just before they shut down. And what I saw from him in the little I have seen he skates extremely well. He's so shifty. He can just move the puck from one side of his body to the other, lose a defenseman, even against kind of top junior players, and really finds gaps in play well with a high IQ and a fantastic wrist shot. He can bury at top corner. Um, and I know for a fact that NHL teams have been scouting him. They've been scouting him since he was in Hockey Atan in Swedish amateur men's hockey, in effect. Well, semi-pro to a degree, but amateur for intents and purposes. And I'm really interested to see what happens with him and where he goes, because he has a really great skill set. Um, and the kind of guy that I would say probably not all the not all the NHL teams are completely aware of him, or maybe some of them haven't, haven't scouted him at all. Uh, but yeah, I think he's the kind of guy who you go, well, from a skill set perspective, there's a chance he could be a good middle six player. And well, you know, you'd probably be getting him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round onwards. That's interesting. So Oscar Telstrom, you... You would say, you know, you could get him in the fifth or sixth round, but you would take him as high as what? Which round? But two-fourths. I could imagine them taking him with one of the fourth-round picks if they really liked him. Okay. And, I mean, the Flyers' Swedish scouting has been really good over the last few years since Joachim Grunberg took over in 2013. Um, so if Joachim Grunberg likes him, I'll trust Joachim Grunberg on that. Okay. Oscar Telstrom. Brandon, is it, are we on your second or third sleeper here? Your third, right? Yeah, my third. All right. Last but not least. So my third sleeper actually plays on the same line as one of Alex's players that he brought up earlier, and that is Zade Wisdom. And he plays on the same line for the Kingston front next with Martin Kromiak. This year in Kingston, he was kind of playing that uh, third wheel on that on a line with Kromiak and Shane Wright, who might be the first overall pick in 2022. And uh, what you're really getting out of Wisdom is a really industrious player, real blue-collar player, works really hard. Um, he reminds me a lot of Zach Hyman where he's the kind of player where he can be the third th- uh, third guy on a line, work really hard, but at the same time still has uh, some surprisingly good puck skills and get to the front of the net to bang home goals. This in the OHL, when he was given a chance to play in that top-tier role rather than just play as a death piece, he improved his point total by 49 points from the year before, improved his goal pace by 26 goals. So he's the kind of guy where he has that base where he works hard, plays physical, has some good two-way acumen where um, you can project him as a death piece and he'll be perfectly fine in that role. But if you give him the chance to be, you know, kind of the Robin to someone's Batman, he can produce for you. He has some of that upper echelon skill skill where um, he's not totally lost out there if you throw him in an offensive role. So um, if he's someone that you can nab with a third or fourth round pick, um, I think he's someone that if you give him a few years to develop, he's going to make you look really smart down the road. And he's got a pretty cool name. 
Yeah, it's another one. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just has star written all over with that name. Zaid Wisdom. Like, you have to be good with that name. You're not going to be bad. So, <laughs> uh, what, which round would you, uh, you know, he's obviously one of your sleepers, so you like him more than most. Which round would you like to see him go compared to where most people see him going? Uh, I like him as uh, maybe a middle of the third round middle of third maybe late third okay uh i've seen a lot of lists have them maybe closer towards like the 90s or the hundreds uh on their lists because you know if you want to look at his you know two-year progression is d minus one year he only put up 10 points maybe some people do question that offensive upside but i think with him if you're looking at how hard this kid works and how much of a blue collar player he is but also with how much he can bring to a line if you let him be that third complementary piece i think he's someone where even give him a few years to develop with a middle of third round pick. Um, be someone that could definitely become an NHL player down the road. I would say that's accurate. I mean, just, just looking at numbers. I mean, a guy scores 26 more goals the next year, uh, 23 is 23 more assists the next year. And, you know, I know plus minus is like, you know, nobody wants to hear about it anymore, but I imagine he wasn't playing as many minutes in his first season as he was the next. He went from a minus, 36 to a minus seven so a massive improvement across the board and i i think you have to like that anytime you see a, a massive improvement like that you know something like something must have went off he must have something must have clicked you know maybe that first season's the anomaly who knows but i wouldn't mind seeing the the flyers take a shot with the shot on this guy with uh you know if he if he falls back into the fourth round i'd be pretty i'd be okay with that alex your last but not least sleeper yeah, it's another Oscar, but spelled with a K this time instead of a C. Uh, the Swedes do love that name. <laughs> this guy, Oscar Magnusson, right wing, 5'10", 165 pounds. Same team as Helga Granz, uh, Malmö, except Magnusson played exclusively kind of in the junior league. Uh, that junior league, he, his team, Malmö, the Red Hawks in the junior league this year, weren't a very good team. They were in kind of the bottom half of the league. Um, didn't really have that much in terms of help. Uh, Helga Grant, when he played, he played 27 games, um, was really his only help from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I think he scored something like 15 points more than the second highest scoring forward on the team. Um, and he's the kind of guy who, when you look at his game, it, it, it's a game that really appeals to me. He has really nice speed, great agility. I love his confidence. Um, he will just try and outskill people on the rush. He reminds me, actually, of uh, Flyers prospect Oli Lixell in that regard. Combination of skating and just nice hands and the confidence to try stuff that players who are more skilled won't try. And it usually works. He's also, and this is the thing that really appeals to me with him, he's a really good penalty killer and works really hard in his own zone. He might not be the biggest guy, but he's got a really good defensive IQ as a winger. And in terms of his offensive skill set, not only is he a good skater, but he has a really nice release. He can get the puck off quickly. Soft hands, can make a good pass. He's just a really well-rounded player. Who it's really easy to see being a solid NHLer down the line. There's not that much projection there with him in terms of like, well, if he just gets bigger and grows into his frame and older and gradually improves, I can't not see him being at least a very, very, very good Swedish Hockey League player, top six Swedish Hockey League player, first-line AHL kind of player who can, with his versatility, come into the NHL and do a decent job. Um, I think in terms of upside, he might be able to be a third wheel on a second line if he absolutely hits. 
you know, 40, 45 points on a good second line. Uh, but more likely he'll be a third liner, energy type player who can chip in with points because of his skill and skating. Um, in terms of the Flyers, uh, I think that um, fourth round pick they got in a trade in the trade for with Simmons um, is going to be around 98, 97. And I imagine that is kind of where you're starting to talk about Magnuson. Maybe a team likes him and thinks about him in the early third. I can't really see him going in the second right now, but in the late third, early fourth, I think that's the kind of range that you're talking about. And the Flyers are going to have that early fourth round pick uh, from the Simmons trade. So he's a guy who will look at there and think if he starts to be available there and if he might get down to the fifth round even, well, you've kind of got to take him in the fifth round, I think. You can never have too many Oscars, right? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Yes, uh, if they could snag him in the fifth round, I would say that's steal. I mean, from, yeah, from I what you he, said. I doubt he'll last there. I think he's more likely fourth. But if him, quite frankly, if him or Telstrom or Baumgartner were there in the fifth, I would take any of them in a heartbeat. All right, so from, from what you guys are saying, we want we want Zade Wisdom and we want Oscar Magnuson in the fourth round. So let me uh, send a quick text to Chuck Fletcher and make sure that's done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did we miss anything, guys? We covered a lot of players tonight, and that went by quick. I think we're, uh, what are we? We're like an hour and a half in? Something like that, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, just about <laughs> an hour and a half. That went by quick, guys. Uh, did we miss anybody? Uh, I think that's everyone on my list, yeah. Yeah, we n- nailed everyone on mine. All right, man. We we flew through that. Yes, I mean, if you guys don't have anything else, we can we can start to wrap this one up here. Uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, for sure. It's always, always, always fun getting on and talking prospects, so. That's what I was going to say. It's always fun talking to you guys. Uh, so that's going to do it for episode number two of the Flying P podcast. Incredible work, guys. And, you know, I always love, uh, you know, reading what you guys put out there. You put out great stuff. Uh, two of the best out there and two of the nicest guys. I had fun talking hockey, uh, hanging out with you guys, but also, you know, learning so much. If you're listening, you know, I hope you not only had fun and, you know, and use this to take your mind off things but you know i know for sure you learned a hell of a lot listening to these guys uh, i know i did uh so thanks guys if you're listening and you're not following brandon and alex yet you can find brandon at b holmes hockey underscore hockey don't forget the underscores uh and make sure to check out his stuff at dauber prospects and draft geek brandon did i leave anything out there Oh, no. Yeah, you got it all. Um, I will also, if you're looking for more podcast content, me and Ashley Glover are going to be starting a new one coming up soon. So awesome. uh, looking for more podcast content during this quarantine. Keep an eye out for that. Where can they find that? On your Twitter, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, the new, po- new podcast is going to be called Painting Prospects. Um, so we just got a Twitter handle all registered. So if people want to keep an eye out for that, that should be coming up pretty shortly. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. Cool. If, if you could um, tag me when you post it, I'll be sure to share that for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you can find Alex at AV Apple Yard if you're not already. And if you have a subscription to The Athletic like I do, you can find his great stuff on there. Uh, Alex is always putting out awesome stuff. Uh, Alex, did I miss anything there? Did you want to? Do you have anything else to promote? Uh, not particularly. Um, I guess towards the draft as well, there'll be some athletic stuff on some of the prospects we talked over tonight, as well as a few more um, in relation to the Flyers. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. All right. All right. That's going to do it for us, guys. Until next time, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure you be safe. Stay inside. Wash your hands. <laughs>